Folks, we have come to the end of the best ball road. This is the final best ball breakfast, and we flexed it to a nightcap edition. And I couldn't think of anyone better to help me close out a summer of hot best ball drafting than Alpha Play Mike Leone. Let's do it. Oh, another influencer 101 for the backward hats, bro. Rig! Zach Ertz with no Tyler Algier bringback. Yikes. You reached a round for correlation? That's a no-no. You ADP bros disgust me. How about you just live a little? Handcuffing might actually be a way to get unique if the field's avoiding it. The Wi-Fi at this resort is a disaster? These fucking streamers don't have player takes. What if a piss boy draft is the room you need? Oh! Michael, Leone, are you ready for the season to start or do you wish you could just draft best ball teams forever? No, I'm ready. I'm ready for the season to start. Bring it on. That's that's the, that's the easy answer. I'm ready. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. I, I feel like you didn't get quite the volume of best ball drafts in this year that you got down last year. I didn't. I'm hoping to next year, like ramp it back up. But this year, I really felt the strain on like how popular best ball has gotten. So there's so much more attention to our rankings and stuff early that I felt like so much of my attention was there. And then it was, it was almost harder to play because I was monitoring those so much. And then I was trying to do more fast drafts because the EV is definitely better than the slow drafts. And that decision definitely screwed up my volume because I wasn't carving out the time for the fast drafts. And I didn't have, you know, a million slow drafts going on at once. What I just heard you say was the specter of Brashad Perriman looms so large over <laughs> you that you work tirelessly to update the ranks rather than draft yourself. I just felt so responsible for Brashad Perriman and that exposure. <laughs> so I had, had who, to get it right. Oh, and this is this is not a, a knock on ETR. I didn't use the ETR rankings in my draft applet because I like drafting off at ADP because I prefer to know where uh, my opponents are, are largely going to be drafting. But who... Who were the guys that the ETR subs ended up with a lot this year due to your guys' rankings? Um, I thought you were going to, like, the guy that I'm most petrified of being this year's Brashad Perriman is Kenny Galladay. Okay. Because we've just kind of, we keep docking him and just nobody, like, he'll, he'll be in, like, round 17 now. And it's like, it's like he has to play, right? 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 So. You, you don't have an input for uh, stiffness of a mannequin? we gotta we gotta work on that but the guys that people got a lot of over the summer especially amon ross st brown juju smith schuster that section of wide receivers is really kind of our guys i think those two in particular we were really high on um kadarius tony who i'm also i'm starting to just get scared of all the giant stuff quite frankly but um tony's another one and what's your fear with the with the Giants too, because I was writing, I wrote up in the newsletter the other day, kind of like my five biggest question marks and things I'm most excited to play out. And the Giants offense was one of them because it just, we're, we're so excited about the Dable stuff. We've all uh, come to grips with the fact that, or we've all okay with the idea of Saquon Barkley being a huge bounce back. And are you just getting nervous that it could just be the same shit show as it was last year? Or that it could be better, but we don't necessarily benefit in the way that we want in fantasy where, Mm. You know, Kenny Galladay's complete dust. Kadarius Tony's banged up all year long. You know, Saquon Barkley got super expensive. I, I feel pretty good about Wandale Robinson for all those reasons. So I think, you know, he's one I feel good about. But it's like, you know, where are we really profiting if that's the way it shakes out? Um, I don't know. I still feel pretty good about Tony, though. It's just he's just got to stay on the field. I know you weren't putting up quite the volume you would have liked, but, you know, observing the online water cooler, the the best ball thought leader space, all of the galaxy branding, what is kind of your macro takes about the best ball landscape? Because it has evolved a ton, uh, even in just a year. It has gotten crazy. And it's, it seems like no, you know, whatever room you're in, like you can, the volatility of the room you're in seems wider to me, like the variance of the room you're in and doing your best to pick up on that early, which is, you know, it's a guessing game to an extent, but I think there's a little bit of skill there. I think that's a pretty big deal now to read your room, especially in best ball. Cause you know, in manage, it's easy to just be like, okay, I'm good. I'm just going to punt running back. I don't care. You know, it's, it's a little bit harder to do that with best ball. So you kind of have to pick and choose your spots. Um, so that's a big, the other one that it's going to sound counterintuitive to a lot of stuff I've done, but I think, we may have gone sometimes overboard with the diversification. I think it's, 
I think not everybody has to play that way, right? Like with balanced rosters, I think it's fine if you want to have a whole portfolio where you have a bunch of guys that are 30, 35%, um, especially early in the in the season. That'll be my thing next year. We get Saquon in the third, just take him every single time and, and worry about where the ADP goes later. Trey Lance in the 10th, take him every single time. And there'll be guys like for us, David Bell was a guy where the ADP ended up going the other way and it's like okay you could you can make that adjustment later and maybe not take as much as you want but early in the season I, I really wouldn't worry about where the exposures are I think that's a really good point too of how just because you have a hundred percent of a guy through 25 percent the first 25 percent of your drafts it doesn't mean you're going to end up with that I kind of did that a bit with you know Brees Hall I, I really thought he was going to rise up more than he ended up rising up partly because just the news and rhetoric out of camp was Michael Carter was looking good but I just took my feet off the gas because his price more or less stayed the same he moved up a little bit and then I got my percentage down to a good spot whereas with a guy like KJ Hamler I was drafting him a ton early. I got a little bit of a luck box with the Tim Patrick stuff. And then I kept drafting him at his new ADP because I thought he was still a value. So you do have lots of flexibility there as far as like taking your foot on and off the gas pedal. Yeah. You can't be too scared early because then the like Lance is a good example of someone where I'm a little squeamish at the current ADP. And it's like, if I didn't just blast that, that all of a sudden a guy that I was way ahead of market on and I was early on, I'm going to be have like below average exposure because I was like diversifying in July, you know? I don't... Well, and I always think about, I know the way you and Dink and some of your MME styles and specifically on some showdown slates where if you think a certain player or a certain stack is kind of the mispriced or underutilized way to attack it, that you'll just 150 button lock that guy and then let it rip knowing, hey, I'll, I'll build all my combos because I think that is the unique edge on this slate. And I don't know that it's any different for best ball other than that, the way information in the market changes, it's more of an ebb and flow. It's not like you can lock that value in at a specific time in the way you can DFS. Yeah. And it's also kind of the sweat that you want to have and manufacture for yourself. You know, if you want to have a less concentrated sweat, I get it. And I'm, I'm pretty diversified when I play because, and a, but a big part of that is like, I'm, really prone to taking dropping i'm a value hound uh the dropping adp values i will take but i'm not beyond that i think like you don't want to go too far just swapping like one for one because your ev isn't better you know diversifying it's more i guess the idea is um pat and i when we were doing establish the edge together had an episode on how to maximize your edge and you know kind of the thought process there was Go all in on where your, where your edge most is and then spread out around it. So for me with best ball, a lot of times I feel like the edge is in structure. And so if I'm going all in in structure, I don't want to be tied to too many of the same players. And I guess that's where I'm transforming a little bit where I'm starting to see, especially early off season, maybe we have a bit more edge in the player take side of things and I'm okay pushing that a little bit more. So that's one adjustment I'll probably make next year. Yeah. And I just found, I, I mean, I had pretty smoothed out exposures last year. My exposures are pretty even maybe more smoothed out this year. I don't think I'm going to end up with anyone over 20% other than I think Hamler. But what I found is even I, I had player takes, but they were still like cohort of player takes, right? So I was always drafting those second year wide receivers around the six, seven turn, the Elijah Moore and, and including like Drake London and, and those guys in there and, and fading the Alan Lazards and the Renfros. And so it's like, even though I don't have, 40% of Elijah Moore. I was spreading that out to Devonta Smith and those guys. And so that's how nice. I kind of viewed my stands this year. And it's like, oh yeah, I have a lot of Lance and Hurts because I was fading a lot of that next tier of the, the Dak and in Brady and Derek Carr early on and stuff like that. So I think that's where I kind of came to peace with it, where it's like, I, I have player selection takes, but it's player archetype takes. And if you look, if you put those into cohorts, I would have massive bags of second year wide receivers and rookie wide receivers, but no like outsized position on one specific player. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. When I'm doing auction drafts this year, I have a pretty specific strategy, but it's, it's similar in the idea of targeting these archetypes. It's like these round, these receivers and rounds, you know, end around three to beginning around six, there's like 10 of them that are undervalued and I'm not getting tied to any one because I want to get the best price. But I know if I just target those 10 wide receivers, I'm going to come out with, you know, four of them at a pretty good price. And the same thing, if you're doing multiple best ball drafts, it's like 
and that lets you get the ADP value and still get the type of receiver you want. Yeah, Brian does point out, I did have one strong player take, and it was via a fade. It just started as I was passing on him, and then once it became pointed out to me over and over, I had 0% David Montgomery. I just leaned into the bit. I do think otherwise, if it weren't for content equity, I probably would have ended up with around 3 to 4% DeMont because he was a pretty screaming value at certain points of my drafts. But sometimes you just got to embrace the bit, right, Mike? You got to. You got to do it. That's why I wore <laughs> a running back jersey, so that we can draft right. some running backs tonight. Um, all right. I just hopped into a draft. Uh, I think there's a couple more spots here. If you guys want to join us here, one of my final best ball mania three drafts. Let me see how many I have completed right here. I am at 145. So this will be wow. 146. We're going to draft one on splash play tomorrow uh, morning. That's going to be at 10 a.m. And then, yeah, just a few more here, Mike, to get my cacti reward again for maxing. That is exciting. Uh, how many, how many did you, I don't want to shame you. How many, how many drafts did you get in? It just means you have a life. Uh, I'm in the twenties for best ball mania. 20. Okay. All right. So uh, not, not great, but, but you know, we got oh, something. Do you see who got in this? Unbelievable. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Pat, are you, the thing is, is I don't even know if Pat's watching. I feel like he might just be blasting off right now. <laughs> wow. I can't believe we have to draft against your former uh, podcast co-host, my current podcast co-hosts here. This is going to be rough. Yeah. And and when I talk about reading the room, I'm immediately like, okay, we got to pick and choose our running back spots so we don't get <laughs> yeah. the, the wide receiver avalanche. Well, maybe we could goad Pat into taking Rashad White in like the ninth round. I could see that happening here. <laughs> exactly. It is a room oh, we have on starts okay. already it's so leone i want the full leone experience here who, who do you like i mean if i was drafting like straight up i would be taking christian mccaffrey here yeah let's do it um you know you, you see only eight percent jt got to get even on the field here with my with my cmc as well Wait, you... what's the the difference between the red percentage and the blue percentage so the red is my current one and the blue is something Brian spun together. And it's funny because this is a basket of exposures. And again, this includes Pat exposures. It includes Davis's. It includes Hertzig's and mine. I believe it's a, he, he ran oh. um, an, an average there. So you can kind of see who our group is, is low and high on relative to mine. Oh, that's fine. That's interesting. That's cool. I like it as a sanity check, you know, when How you, are you see like, okay, CMC dude, what are you doing? Like CMC falls to like five I mean, he's the one who could just break fantasy do you want to know why that uh, oh i guess my cup is down a little bit 12 percent. i have a ton of chase uh nine and a half percent no who, actually who, who, this, you, who you've been drafting no this isn't right this isn't right i need to fix this <laughs> i don't think i've updated i but oh you know what i have it on because i changed it to um include all of my drafts when i was trying to see the dollar amounts oh let okay fix this. let me fix this folks and then we can get back to it grab exposures go back I'm, I'm not gonna lie i'm a little nervous about you leaving the draft room <laughs> you know you're a pro it. but who are we worried about who is the number uh we were talking about cmc um 6.2 oh even worse it got worse it got worse it got worse jt's 12.4 now check why, out my cup how are you taking check. jt out of christian mccaffrey what are you doing 13 percent cup um why am i taking so early on <laughs> i was in full galaxy brain zero rb mode and i was taking a lot of cup uh yeah super early and Mike, I've streamed, Michael Dubner was tracking how many teams I drafted on stream. I've drafted a hundred teams on stream this summer. This may be like 102 or 103. That's a lot of wide receiver avalanche rooms I've had to contend with. Yeah. No, that's because you know you're getting the running back value later. And that, that's the thing is you can only take one or two. And we've talked about this. If you're in the room, the opposite, it's fine. You know, but when you're in the, like a running back heavy room, you can figure it out. Um, a wide receiver heavy room if you 
there's only so many running backs you can take for if they're even if they're really good values. I knew it. I knew it. Pat wasn't even even <laughs> watching this. Did you guys start tagging Pat on uh, on Twitter? I like I like how Pat says this is such a favor, but at least you gained a viewer. Oh, I don't need your pity clicks. Get out of here, Karen. Wow, the condescension. <laughs> yeah, you gained a viewer. Get out of here. Okay, we got some RBRB starts here. Oh wow, Michael Pittman at pick nineteen. That seems rich. If you, that's one guy that you don't have a lot of exposure to if you've drafted on ETR, and I'm I'm scared of it. I'm definitely I'm really low. Yeah, four percent. I'm the the walking. Aren't you worried? Like that's just <laughs> that's just been me for like three months. What do you? What are the scenarios where you are actually worried that Pittman buries you? Is it just that that offense is so good that Matt Ryan just? I guess um, Matt Ryan is. Oh man, hold on. Let's 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 get through. Let's get through this turn here. All right, we are on the clock. Okay. Um, don't worry about my exposures. I want the Leone experience. Okay. Well, I'm. I feel like we. It's probably a bad idea to go running back here, but like Kamara is probably who I would. Oh, I know who you want to take. Um, let's go. Let's go Kamara. Let's let's okay. go hyper fragile here. All right. This is what I need. These final drafts. I've been way too comfy playing the hits. Kyle Pitts, AJ Brown, come on down. And uh, Leone getting me outside of my comfort zone, making me draft running backs. And we'll, as long as if this guy doubles up on wide receiver, we could be in trouble though. Okay, <laughs> well, well, that's fine. We'll take T. Higgins. I like T. Higgins here a lot. Higgins over Pitts. I have, yeah, I like Higgins over Pitts. Okay, I'm getting the full Leone experience. You're, you're, God, if you want the Leone experience, you're getting it. This is I the want Leone the Leone experience. experience. So when the I, Pittman thing, I guess, would be a combination of Matt Ryan is really good and they throw more as a result and it's just super heavily concentrated on Pittman but god I think I mean he's I feel like Pittman has to just be so good and the tape grinders will tell you he's so good but he just has to be like so good to to really burn you I feel like the way that offense is set up and that was my thing like in scenarios where you know, JT gets hurt or something. I, I don't even know if Michael Pittman is like a great beneficiary. I think the entire offense is is crippled at that point. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. And I, I don't know. I just have a tough time looking at Pittman and seeing him as that different than Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin. Like, that, like that's to me a cohort and maybe Pittman's the best of the cohort, but I'm, yeah, I think he's more of. I'm trying to see where I have the the only thing that I don't uh, I don't like doing it necessarily with Pittman, but this idea of getting two third round picks when you only have one third round pick, like you're not going to end up with a lot of Michael Pittman and Mike Williams. I don't know if this is what Cleveland was specifically trying to tee up here, but I do think there's some merit in that. If you do think this entire tier is relatively flat. Um I, I definitely get it in mm -hmm. those contexts. Yeah. Yeah. The unique combo because it, they go in such a tight range usually. Yeah. It is pretty wild that this year we just didn't get any huge movements. Like the big was like, oh, Kamara moves from the three, four turn to the two, three turn. And, you know, even, even we after the. Uh... Yeah. We go didn't ahead. have a huge injury like acres last year. And no. Um, Short gamer TV, what percent of your drafts are zero RB? I would have to check the chain. Uh, I would just off the off the top of my head, I would say about a third. I think I'm pretty balanced. Um, zero RB, hyper fragile, and hero RB, anchor RB, but a lot of my drafts lately have been more zero RB. Man, the quarterbacks are going early, huh? Yeah. Wow, what a run here. What is that? This is a weird no no not a uh, I guess we do have the Keenan and Herbert stack there but the other two Lamar unstacked Mahomes unstacked. Oh we we have an interesting room. We have a very like we have three three wide receiver starts and then we've got a three running back start a couple of, it's it's an interesting room. Yeah. Well, you uh, don't usually Eric, see that. You don't usually see a three wide receiver start go Zeke. Like usually that's 
that's an anti-ship chasing move. Well, that's what that's what we've talked about a lot lately too is doing you know, some of the patterns and then mixing up the players that are typically there. Like most of my zero RB starts are going to have JK Dobbins as, or Travis Etienne or Brees Hall. Uh, but getting, you know, Zeke there as your first, it, it's certainly probably unique. Yeah. Willis loving Willis is the only person on earth, I guess, other than this drafter who is a zero RB and Ezekiel Elliott fan. So, you know, that's the perfect combination there. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, someone asked, how do you define zero RB? Like when I was doing the advance rate stuff and looking at the data with Michael Dubner, we did it as no running back through the first five rounds. But people slice and dice that in different ways, but I think that's kind of the truest sense of it. Okay, well, I, I do think of... Leone, the, the going the hyper fragile in this room kind of worked out well. Yeah, this is, I'm torn here. I kind of like going Kittle and getting the tight end, and then we get one of these wide receivers for sure coming back. This, this owner is definitely liable to take Kittle with this start and Debo already. Right. Um, it just depends if you'd rather go receiver and receiver, I think. If you want Kittle, right. you take him now for sure. I'm okay with receiver, receiver, because I like Juju, Deontay, Amonra. Make a quick call. Let's go Kittle, Kittle, Kittle. We're running okay. out of time. Full Leone okay. experience, Kittle. We got him. We got him. I mean, I, I can't get enough of it. What was I at with Kittle? I mean, I, I love Kittle. I'm at 16%. So, yeah, I've, I still – Do you feel like these guys are mispriced? Kittle and Wall are going in the fifth round all summer long? I do. Um, okay, so this works out good. I would go maybe – I mean, I, I'd probably go Juju. I'm just. Upset. I mean, Juju's almost like your season-long flag plant in a way. Yeah, isn't he? we got to go Juju. It's like here by ADP. Let's go Juju. Yeah. I think what were they're underpriced. The I'm a little wor worried that all the San Francisco pass catchers suck. Like I could see them all not being good. Like I think this offense could go a specific direction that's not friendly for any of the pass catchers. But Kittle's my favorite of the three for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I can, I think it's going to be a roller coaster um, for those 49ers pass catchers. But man, it's just it's yeah. still not hard to see Kittle having that 30 point week in one of those playoff weeks and just being the guy that single handedly drags you to a to a, an advancement round. I think Lance's passing prop week one is like 210 yards. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> like that that that's an immediate reality check if you've got a lot of San Francisco pass catchers. Oh yeah. I mean, even the over under on that game, they're five and a half point road favorites and it's a 41 and a half point over under. Like, I mean, I know it's, it's out on the road at Chicago, but it's like, everyone thinks that's going to be a very gross game by basically all standards. Yeah. Wow. Where we, here's the avalanche, huh? Yeah. Although normally if I, if you can avoid the avalanche, you know, I sometimes you're in these rooms and you're, you're having to take Elijah Moore at pick 50. So I'll, I'll take this. This feels like a luxury. Yeah. Yeah. We at least have T and Juju no matter what else happens. But we're probably going to have to patch together quarterback. Joe mentioning McLaurin. I would say he's similar to Pittman for me and a guy that I don't mind. It's not like I dislike the player, but it just never feels good clicking on him over other wide receivers in the same range. Yeah, McLaurin was totally fine there. Uh, I just, I prefer Juju. It is crazy how Juju's another guy. And Juju and Amon Ra, I mentioned, you know, being two guys you were super heavy on if you did ETR. And I just checked and we're like a little bit behind the positional ADP on Juju. Now it's changed so much. It's like crazy. Yeah. Dalton, Dalton Amon Ra was going in like round seven at one. Oh yeah, he. I mean, he's. I mean, the the you said the ETR ranks had him high. You get the uh, hard knocks bump. Um, obviously, everyone remembers what he did down the stretch last year in Best Ball Mania three. He basically or Best Ball Mania two. He basically has all of the 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 signals pointing to him getting steamed up, which is exactly what happened. Dalton says, "Why take McLaurin over Dotson? Price adjusted." I completely agree with you. Although I don't know, like that kind of logic gets a little tricky because then it's like, why ever take AJ Brown when Devonta Smith is there? Why ever take you know? There, there's other pairings like you can do that, and then you'll never end up with the the safer play in the offense. Yeah. I don't think like that at all. Really. Um, my exposures will bear it out if that's how I feel, you know, probably, but 
you don't have to just decide one. You don't know how the draft's going to play out. Maybe someone in the room loves Dotson. Um, and, and sometimes you're making bets like for a while, the Denver wide receivers are undervalued. They're definitely not anymore, but for a while they were, and it was fine to be overweight Judy and sudden you didn't have to, you know, pick one, you know, they're both not going to hit in a big way, but if we could identify which one ahead of time, you know, we'd be, we'd be rich. Yeah, we sure would. Uh, it would be really nice to have a crystal ball on the chiefs. So we're going to be picking here at the six, seven turn. Um, this will be interesting. Just checking the Dobbins does go here at pick 68. I got Dobbins last night in a draft at the end of round seven as an RB two. Really? Wow. It was One... a full PR league, but still it was pretty crazy. So okay, this is going fine for us. I, I like London here. Yeah. I like London as well, clearly, uh, with my 18.6. And I don't think Turn Me Up is going to take Burrow, and we could still get that stack if that's what, what you're eyeing here on the wrap. Yeah, I'm – can you go to quarterbacks? Yeah. We could also punt. Ah, okay, okay. Smith. I think it's Burrow. I, I, I was going to take Devonta Smith. Um, I like yeah. that. But I think I'd probably grab the Burrow stack here. The quarterbacks are going hot. Yeah, David mentioned um, double tapping yeah. both, which would have been fun, but he goes, and I don't see anyone else here that really is screaming over Burrow. Yeah, this is where, I mean, it's Burrow's right at his ADP. I think his ADP is a little bit rich, but with this stack and no clear alternative, I don't really see any reason not. We definitely don't need a running back. And then I think that was a teardrop at wide receiver after Devonta went. Brian, call your credit card company and ask for a chargeback because even for $10, uh, th this DMOP bid is worth far more than $10, but I appreciate you uh, sending that in. Uh, Tyler has a question for you, Leone. He says, has your run-inspired epiphany that's changed uh, have you had a run-inspired epiphany that's changed how you view a situation or player during the offseason? A moment of exercise clarity, if you will. Um, let, let me come back to that one. Let me. I want to think about that. And okay. Then I will say too, I, I I would say outside of the shower, running for me is the other place where the, the thoughts percolate in a nice way. And I don't know if I can think of an exact one off the top of my head, but I, I, it is a nice place to clear your thoughts. I'm trying to think if there's a player that I've really... I mean, I guess for like like Juju and Amon Ra, I hate going back to them, but like early in the off, I think Amon Ra had a, a moment of clarity where I was reading some of JJ Zacharias and stuff, doing some of our own analysis, and like just looking at his target shares by week down the stretch, and it just became quite clear that the the market was it was it was all upside potential at, at the at the cost that he was going. I mean, we had him projected for like a low twenties target share for a guy who earned like a 33% target share over six games and, and he was still popping as a value. Yeah. It is. It, it was fun. Oh, go ahead. They definitely had some moments where I'm like, this, this Philadelphia offense could just go, could go nuts. I've had a hard time capitalizing on it too much in drafts, but I'm pretty excited to watch the, the passing offense. And if it like, if Hertz is good, I think it could be really exciting. And so it's it it sounds like it's it's so much easier for you to envision ceiling scenarios for the Eagles than it is for the Niners because I think for a lot of ways they kind of feel like they have twins at at each position and and have a lot of similarities in that regard. Yeah, the reason, I, well, and again, I've had a hard time capitalizing on the Eagles. I think the difference for me is I can see the Eagles throwing at a much higher rate than I, I can San Francisco. Um, and, and we, I mean, we've just seen it a little bit with, with Hertz more than with Lance. The other thing, if you look at like the costs are all, I like the costs are slightly better, right? Like AJ Brown goes after Debo, Devonta and Ayuk go in a similar spot. Goddard goes clearly after Kittle. So it's like slightly better costs when you average it out too. Yeah. What, how do you, 
if the thesis is if the the Eagles pass more, and I obviously agree with you that that offense could be incredibly fun. How how are you thinking about the uh, the the running game there? Um. Yeah, I was having this conversation last night about Miles Sanders, where I don't really like him, but he's starting to fall to a point where, um, I think someone in chat like called him the most disrespected running back with a, a career yards per carry over five ever. Um, so I had been taking a ton of Gainwell to start the year in hopes that they throw more, and that and that includes Gainwell in the game plan a bit more. And I think Gainwell maybe won't ever be a workhorse, but has big playability and a lot of high value touches where you could get work in the red zone and work the passing game. But I am starting if Miles Sanders slips fall far enough, I think just his efficiency in the ground game, even if it's not a heavy ground game, like it was last year is worth taking a swing on. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is one of those classic things. It, it's been so much easier. I, I click, uh, I think Gainwell's actually in my top five exposures now too. And it's so much easier to click those guys than in, in manage Sanders is a little harder uh, to click, but I, I like both of those guys in underdog. Um, let's see what we have coming up here at the eight, nine turn pretty typical pocket of players here. I don't think anything crazy is, uh, is happening in this room right now. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what we got here. What is, what is our friend daily Rojo doing here? Similar, similar to structure. He takes Rashad Penny. Right. Pat's big out on Kenneth Walker. I think we're probably hitting receiver here. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to. I mean, it's probably Sky, right? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's always it's Sky, Sky around here. It's what? Do you, it's very how are you, brand. How are you handling this George Pick, George Pick and Steam? You know, I don't think it's enough to where it's like I'm shying away from him because people have him at pick 150. Um, on the other it's hand, just it's just enough rich. to be annoying. But did wait, where did did Boyd go? Boyd's. No, Boyd, Boyd's here if we want him. Little little bit of a reach, but probably he's ADP of 110, and we pick at 119, so he's not coming back. Yeah, I think I'd go Boyd with the double stack and kind of trust my ranks, which have all these guys pretty close to one another, even though Pickens is obviously more exciting. The only other thing I've I found myself in this similar spot with Burrow wanting to get double stacks, and I have been willing to wait to get Hayden Hurst, but I also don't mind uh, taking him here at all. But that that was a tough one. I, I think Pickens would have been a fine pick there. Um I haven't yeah. taken like any Robert Woods at all. I don't think he's terrible there, but I just, I should have known Burks wouldn't come back to us with, with Pat in the room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perks Burks still feels like a crazy value uh, to me in, in these drafts. Do like, do you think, do you think Pickens should be going ahead of Burks right now? I don't think so. Yeah. But we have it ranked that way, but that's, that's more to do with, um, other people's opinions <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me evan silva came in with a he's got that dog in him model and it overruled that is, one of the hard part with regs too is like there's all these people in their home league that you don't know if they're going to understand the type of bet they're making on some of these guys you know what i mean where it's like yeah like if they're going to draft Burks, are they going to hold on to him if he doesn't have that much usage through two games or like they're going to understand like with a short bench but I think he could be more involved right away than we realize where maybe he's not a starting wide receiver, but he's his targets per route run are pretty high and he's running like enough routes. Charlie says you capitulated on the Hi, Charlie. I did capitulate. <laughs> um, the chat, you guys all wanted the the sky more clip. A lot of you guys are outing yourself as not regular best ball breakfast. We don't the, the sky clip. That's a, that's a ship chasing exclusive. Um, I guess I could have done it. You know, screw it. Pat's in this draft. I want to rub it in his face that we got him. Here you guys go. Don't riot. Die more too wise. It's the fucking sickest name I've ever seen for a wide receiver in my goddamn life. Sky's up. Oh, good.
there we go. There we go. We got the clip out of our system. Love it. Yeah, you know, I went I, for a run before the show. I was thinking of saving it, but saving what? You're saving run? the run for the show. I know. I was on. I, was, I wasn't gonna make that ask. I was like, I don't know if that was such a magical night for those of you guys who don't know. Earlier on the ship chasing channel this summer, about four or five weeks ago, uh, maybe not even quite. Leone stuck around for a second draft, but he still had to squeeze in his midnight or late night run. And so he drafted with us while running. The fact that your audio and internet and your ability to comprehend what was going on stayed that high was truly the alpha play moment of the summer. I, I thought about running it back figuratively and literally, but I, I was thinking with just me that, that 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 might become a problem managing the draft room. <laughs> like chiming in is one thing. Uh, being being the only guest is another another thing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to think, how do, how do we not have in the future, right? Aren't we going to have, we're supposed to have the Google glasses and you could have the draft board up on your one thing and you could be running. And, and <laughs> this just sounds dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Charlie wants to know what your, what your mile time is. Uh, so I did a 5k on Friday. Keep in mind it was, it was 82 degrees, but I did it in 2026, which is my best since high school. So I think that's like, like 6 30 ish mile i don't know i don't know if i ran That's a straight really mile how fast i could do it. i think i could break six given that but i, I don't know for sure 20 2026 20, in a 5k i be, i don't believe i have cracked that as an adult um I think I've like 21s have been my best 5ks as an adult so that that's that's impressive shit um Thank you. Thank all right you. what do we got here okay um no obvious quarterback. We're, oh, shit. Backs. We're on the board. Okay. I like Kenneth Walker a good bit. I do, too. I think he'll be there for us at our okay, next so pick. You, would if you, you rather go Damian Harris? Or, or you... let's, do, let's do Damian right now. Um, I think Damian at pick 119 is nice, and I will... I will fall on the sword if uh, if Kenneth Walker goes here. Uh, that's a good, I think if we went wa Harris Walker, we could straight be done at running back. I agree. Henderson I agree. was in the play too. Okay, okay. I think we I think we go Walker and we're 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 done at running back. Yeah, Pete, he he's been sliding um, in drafts. I still like him a lot. Pete Carroll had another quote today, kind of hemming and hawing about how this is uncharted territory for them and handling this injury. So I don't, I have no handle on what a true timeline is, but uh, I think it's fine. I'm a little concerned because Pete is generally really optimistic, and he's not being very <laughs> optimistic. So yeah. I'm, I'm definitely. Aren't you worried? Yes, I'm worried, but. I also feel like the, you know, the thesis of the play a bit is that he crushes the end of the season. And as long as he, like, if he's out three weeks, I don't care. Right. Like if he's out six weeks and it's a lingering injury through the problem, then that's a big deal. But if he's just out like three to four weeks, he comes back fine. Takes him a, you know, a few weeks to get the job. That, that's cool. I mean, round 11, that's fine. And round nine, you might need some more immediate production Round 11. You don't, you don't need that production right away. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I like him in both builds like that. There there aren't really builds that I don't like him in because if you're doing a hyper-fragile build, like you said, I mean, he could be a hammer down the stretch. You don't need him early. And if you're doing a zero RB build and you have a lot of, you know, fast track guys, maybe, you know, or fast start guys, Melvin Gordon, Devin Singletary, or pass catching, like you want a guy with just mega upside who could score 25 plus points down the stretch in the way Rashad Penny did last year. So uh, I'm I'm still very much in on Kenneth Walker. Um, how do you feel about Damian Harris with the Ramondre rise? Harris is, has started to fall a lot. And yeah, how do you feel about that? Yeah, well, I'll tell you how I feel about it. <laughs> you got you got a value on the David Harris at, at pick 119. I, I do think my concerns aren't necessarily with Stevenson in a weird way for Harris. Like I feel like if they have a two man condensed backfield, like both of them could eat, it's more just, I I'm a little spooked on the Patriots. Like I was pretty bullish on them early on. And then you had all this negative training camp noise about how they were so dysfunctional. And then they lose Tyquan Thornton, who I think was going to be the only guy that in, added an interesting like speed vertical threat to that offense. And so I'm just kind of worried that the offense is going to be neutered, but don't you think this could if it's condensed around those two, that they both could smash ADP. Yeah, to some extent, 
the rise for Ramondre shouldn't be correlated with a fall for Harris because the Ramondre rises, he's going to, you know, take Ty Montgomery's third down work. Right. I mean, that's, that's part of the reason he's risen lately is like all those good comments and that, that has nothing to do with Damian Harris. Yeah, exactly. And you notice that with a lot of, I'm trying to think of another good example. Oh, a good one would be the George Pickens stuff. Like, and maybe you disagree, but the way Deontay Johnson has slipped because of the George Pickens steam doesn't really make sense to me, especially how different they are as players and how they're going to be used. And in general, I mean, you're just hoping that that offense is better than, than expected. And that's going to be good for everybody. If Pickens is good, the offense will be better. Hopefully they throw more. Hopefully. I mean, I think we see Pickett sooner rather than later. I know Trubisky won the starting job, but I feel similarly with Claypool where Claypool has gotten so cheap. And I understand that there's some more correlation between those two because Pickett's going to play ahead of or uh, Pickens is going to play ahead of Claypool in two wide receiver sets. But I'm like, dude, if Claypool could just absolutely smash in the slot and they're going to play three wide receiver sets 80% of the time, I don't care if he's out there 80% of the time instead of 100. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm with yeah. you on that. I noticed here, uh, I had missed it at the time, Pat scooping up Miles Sanders at uh, at 118 is a, is a pretty extreme value there as well. If Pat's taking Miles Sanders, you know it's a value because he exactly. does not want to take Miles Sanders. All right, what are we, we are looking done at, at the uh, the onesie? I was going to say, yeah, the onesie positions here. We don't have any obvious stacks. There's no smash tight end fallers. This is a pretty gross zone for wide receivers. We'll talk it through, Leone. You got us into this so, mess, and now you need to get us out of it. I think Wandell is is a wide receiver break. I feel good about Wandell. Yeah. I mean, this is generally what I do is kind of kind of bypass uh this tier here uh, of guys that I'm not quite as excited in. Honestly, I don't mind Chark either, but I think I know what nice we should we should I know what we should do and we should have done it and we'll see if we we, we should take Albert. Oh, we've got kind of a, a game stack set up for week 17 already. Wow. E even though we don't have Mahomes. Yeah, the only um, – I'm with you. I I'm down to take Albert O for sure. The only other benefit of Chark and Higo, so it doesn't matter, I was going to say, just sets us up for another secondary stack option along with Daniel Jones. But uh, we also and have – Do you care about the stuff. matching bye weeks? I didn't mean to cut you no. off. We on. Yeah, I've done this double nine by week a bunch at tight end and it doesn't really bother me. Yeah, I'm I think I'm like I hate leaving points on the table. But if you're gonna, you know, tight end for one week, it, there, there's going to be people that have by weeks that are lined up nicely that are going to score zero at tight end because <laughs> their second tight end is going to be so bad or their third, even their second and their third. The chat wanted me to save the, uh, I had to save our draft with crack rock last week on ship chasing with a KJ Hamler pick where I just went rogue Leone. Normally we're discussing. And I was so nervous about how weak we were at wide receiver that I just selected KJ Hamler without even having a conversation. The chat wanted me to do that here, but as you can see, 22.8% overriding Leone to take a guy I take in one fourth of every draft <laughs> didn't seem like the Leone experience. Dude, Hamler, the Hamler stuff, yeah, is that that Tim Patrick injury really? I think I think the Hamler stuff could have been ugly, but you're 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 alive now. You know, I, I I agree that it was a nice suck out on the 18th round shares, but I also don't think he was killing you there. And part of the thesis, uh, people of were the taking him early though when they shouldn't have been before the tim maybe you weren't but like he wasn't like i think he eventually became an 18th round pick but like there was like when the drafts first started people were started. taking him like yeah. he was going like you know 13 14 pre patrick injury then he fell to 18 and then he, he got moved back up yeah yeah i uh I just, I, part of my whole thing, even the, when I first wrote about Hamler in the newsletter, was like, he has so many outs to getting there. And I didn't think he had it just if nothing happened, but I felt like he had the open-ended straight and flush draw and you had a turn in the river to get there. And, and we hit, you know, the straight draw with, with Tim Patrick. To use a poker analogy, if you will, Michael. 
Yeah, he he's also. I mean, if you are going to play better in best ball, uh, Hamler does make some sense in that regard. Yeah, um, but you you don't like Hamler because you were talking about the Denver bring back, and you just completely glossed over Hamler. So I get it. I get it. I see where you're at. Right. I, I, I think Hamler's a prospect that everybody found was undervalued, and now they're overvaluing him because he was undervalued two years ago. Beyond, my, you can't think he's there. you can't think he's a, at least a fair value at pick one fifty six. He's right. gonna be on the he's, field for every snap with Russell Wilson this year. One fifty, his ETR rank is one fifty four. So look at that. There, look at we've, that. We've and let me guess, you have him at one seventy, and and Silva had to come in there and boost him up. We have him behind <laughs> positional ADP though, but no, I think, I mean, Ham Hamler's fine now, like where he's going. Um, it's just when he was going in round 14 with Patrick there, I think it was like really asking a lot. Yeah. And these injuries do happen to your point. Like we don't want to, like the season's chaotic. People are going to get hurt. There were three guys in front of him that could have gotten injured. That would have helped him. And, and one of them went down. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I mean also, and then and then Dolchich is out too. So if there was any thoughts of them running maybe more two tight end sets or whatever, um, that seems seems less likely now as well. Um, all right. So our structure here for the audio listeners, I won't recap every single pick like we did on a ship chasing draft uh the other night when Davis was on with us. Uh, we do have Joe Burrow at quarterback. We have Christian McCaffrey, Camara, Damian Harris, Kenneth Walker at running back. Wide receivers, T. Higgins, Juju, Drake London, Sky Moore, Tyler Boyd, uh, Wandale, George Kittle, Albert O. This is a fun team, Leone. I mean, you haven't snuck too many olds on here. I, I get a bad rap with the olds, okay? You guys really put me in a corner, and I'm, I'm showing my true colors here, okay? Nick says, uh, I've never heard someone not incredibly high on Hamler. I'm shook. Well, you see, uh, <laughs> this, this is exactly what I'm talking about, Nick. <laughs> Because Michael Leone is, uh, he's able to detach our group hive mind circle jerks on the players we like and just give you straight analysis right down the barrel. No, but you guys are in my head always. I'm like, like <laughs> I'll, I'll have like, like a 12th round Melvin Gordon and I'll be like, am I allowed to click this? Like, I know, like I've got him 20 spots ahead of 80 or 20 spots ahead of where he is right now. And We're I'm the still nicest like, bullies there's ever been. I mean, you like, got to give it to us on that. <laughs> um. Let's go. Do we I mean, want to lock up Daniel Jones? Yeah, but I'd, I'd go Daniel Jones. And this is this is setting up for the Kenny Galladay in round 16. I can, oh, I can baby. absolutely it's feel too, it right up. Maybe do you think Pat would trade Sky and Burks? You think we could? I guess we need Sky for correlation too. Yeah, we'll, we'll ask Underdog to facilitate a one-time trade. Uh, who, who do you like here with this uh, with this pick? Oh, shit. Uh, I don't know. You got, you got, you got some of what do you, what do you, I'm, I'm a little thrown off here. I've been kind of buying this, uh, Christian Watson dip. Okay. I want to keep loading up on wide receivers. I think that makes sense. I, I like, I like buying the Christian Watson dip, especially with especially this, I don't know like Lazard's got this thing, like yeah. undisclosed thing round 15 feels like a good time to like, that seems, I, I don't see how that could be a bad pick given the uncertainty of the situation and his draft capital. Yeah. And I mean, with the Lazard stuff, I I heard he saw a doctor and they did an X-ray, and the doctor said um, that he didn't have that dog in him. Was uh was the diagnosis <laughs> undisclosed? I mean, a lot of people haven't wanted to say it. Oh man, um, Cle Team Cleveland, Cleveland twenty twenty one takes David Bell. Shocker. There, oh, there you go. Yeah. Who would have seen that coming? Dude, Isaiah Likely radiance. in round 13. Uh, wow. Wow. Where did I miss that one? Okay. So, so All right. In the middle. Jeez. Pick tight end. Wow. Okay. All right. We're at that point with Isaiah Likely. Um, so Leonie, with this construction, 2472, do you think is are we uh are we getting to a 10 wide receiver build? Do you think here? I, I we probably have one luxury pick. Uh, that's the thing. We don't even need a 10th wide receiver. So I might just like see what's there in round 18 and just take like best player available. It could be yeah. any position. Cause with our court with Burrow, not I think Burrow's slightly uh, below 
some of the higher tier quarterbacks where I, I wouldn't be absolutely against taking, you know, Mariota or something yeah. as, as a third quarterback. So talk that through with me because the, and tell me if I'm wrong on how I'm thinking about, I, I'm definitely open to the three quarterback thing in a build like this, where we have Burrow and Daniel Jones. If I'm trying to get a stack with a Pitts or a London, I'm almost exclusively taking Ritter as the QB three in that scenario, I have started to take a little bit of Mariota, but in different contexts. How how are you thinking through like the Mariota Ritter or just Malik Willis Pickett like upside quarterback thing? I do think I would I would go Ritter uh, after you mentioned that because we're fine for the first six games. Where it, whereas if you've got two shaky quarterbacks, maybe you take Mariota because you don't want to leave points on the table early. But we don't. We have one rock solid quarterback one quarterback value we like but ad, like you have to admit is shaky uh but we can buy time and hope to have a unique stack in the playoff format so i, I think i'd go Ritter. i'd assume ritter's less drafted than mariota too he is yeah i would just anecdotally off the top of my head i would say mariota's drafted in like 90 percent of leagues and ritter's drafted in 10 or 15 percent is just how it feels to me that seems that alone seems like a reason to go Ritter over Mariota in, in the context of this structure. But even if you were isolated outside a tournament, I think there's some merit to taking Ritter over Mariota with the way we've built. The the whole Mariota thing, Mariota Ritter has kind of broken my brain a bit because I do think Mariota is going to be really good when he when he plays. Like I think he's going to have such a nice floor and some really nice upside. But it's just hard to imagine him playing all three playoff weeks unless he's just scorching earth the whole season. Yeah, and Ritter was pretty good in the preseason too. And they both have some rushing chops too. So they're both kind of interesting gambles late because a lot of times when you're taking a late quarterback, there's almost no upside whatsoever. Don't fucking do it, Corrade. If Corrade took Kenny Galladay there and ruined a Mike, I mean, Leody, are we not taking Kenny Galladay at pick 191 in the Daniel Jones stack? We're we're taking Kenny Galladay. We got to get that 6.2% up. <laughs> I wish I oh, wish what? I had some like brazilian uh dance clip uh to play right now with him dancing with a mannequin that would be fun what are the other wide receivers right now Oof. my boots it's on hard. the ground take is that uh jameson crowder is gonna end up playing a lot more than people realize i i want i want the full leone experience i feel like taking jameson crowder is how we do it what if what if Javis and Crowder and Kenny Galladay is the round 16, 17 turn you need. <laughs> this is so one of the things I love about best ball though, is your, your player pool has expanded so much from the start of the draft to the end of the draft, right? Like in manage, it's so much narrower. Like there's running backs in the first four rounds that you would not take ever in manage, yeah. right? Like almost no scenario. Best ball you know, James Conner fell around four and I was like, okay, anchor running back with James Conner around four, you know? Um, and then with the wide receivers late too, because I'm drafting so many wide receivers early and managed, it's it's just all rookies and sophomores. They, they just like pure upside late and managed. And then in best ball, I can, I can fire these dusty olds who are going to, you know, see six targets a game and feel, feel not too bad about it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm not, I would have by myself heart, to God here. I don't know if that's a phrase. Uh, my heart to God up there. Uh, I would have taken Kenny Galladay even by myself in the darkness of my own room. I would not have taken Crowder, although the chat does point out to me a week 17 bring back there with Crowder, although some people were standing that's Khalil Shakur there. <laughs> yeah, well. I think Shakir's an interesting late round guy too. They they don't have a lot of depth at wide receiver, right? I mean, yeah, but part of me, like McKenzie's so tiny, has that weird contract. Like, I don't know if he's holding up over the course of the season. I think they might want Crowder in more of the traditional Cole Beasley role by the end of the season. And I think Crowder could be their backup at, you know, four different spots. Um, unless Shakir's really good, which he might be good enough this early, in which case he would be the better pick, but, and I think they're going to rotate more than people realize just in general, even if nobody gets hurt or anything. So I think both Buffalo wide receivers are very good late round bets, just playing on an offense. That's going to throw a lot and use a lot of wide receivers, but doesn't have a lot of wide receiver depth. For sure. Um, you know, looking at the running backs, I mean, you're in true, you know, dart throw galaxy brain territory here. 
uh, I think we can, we're certainly fine even waiting. Like, even if you told us Kenneth Walker's not coming back till week five, I think we're perfectly fine with a CMC Kamara Harris, right? Yeah, I feel really good at running back. I mean, it's this, th- this is, those are the two types of backs you want if you're going hyper fragile. And your wide receiver, we feel, I mean, th- this team feels pretty good if it ended now. So we, this is really a luxury pick in the night, in the, in the 18th, usually it's pretty obvious. Um, I kind of like the, the Ritter stack. Yeah. What do you think? The other guys, I don't know. Are you still, are you completely out on Will Fuller? No, no, I'm not. So I, he, uh, I've joked around that. I think the market for pushing him down. Cause I generally forget about him because he's not <laughs> at the top of the queue anymore. <laughs> I think he's Oh, he got drafted in this one. Oh, he must he just got drafted. 18 drafted. Yeah, yeah. I think he's like we could do Shakir and do the buff do the double double late. That's that's why I put him in there. That's Um, interesting. It is it is luxury. I mean, I I definitely love the idea of having three different quarterbacks to get unique stacks at different points. It's like the Burrow Higgins hits one way, you know. I think it's Ritter, but Shakir is interesting, but I think it's Ritter. Yeah, I think if we wanted Shakir, it was deciding between Shakir or Crowder, but with this kind of team, uh, I love I love the Ritter selection. Or if this was like Mahomes instead of Burrow, where I felt like that much better about the quarterback, maybe I'd go Shakir, but I think there's going to be some games for Cincinnati where they're not very, where they're kind of boring, and we we're going to want two dart throws at a backup quarterback to, to hit some ceiling in the playoff weeks. Yeah. Um, all right. Give me uh give the final recap on this team. Haven't done a lot of hyper fragile late. So I am, uh, I like that we did kind of this modified one there, the two early and then the two upside guys in the mid one, a, a high upside rookie and another, uh, a, a value hound faller. What else do you think about this team? Yeah, I like this team altogether. I mean, usually in round 18, you have a very specific need in mind where you need to fill out. We had a luxury pick there. I like getting three different stacks. We did it at pretty good ADP value. I don't understand why T. Higgins has gone from a late second round pick to being pretty reliably there in the third round. Uh, So I've been taking tons of him lately. And of course, we got Juju, my guy this year. So what a a way to, to go out in the best ball streets. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Juju had to, had to be the guy there. Um, yeah, I, I like this team a lot. And again, it's one of my favorite, I say this a bunch, but one of my favorite things about drafting with my smart friends is we, you know, structurally we're, we're on the same wavelength, but you help me navigate it in ways that are sometimes the less comfy ways for me. Cause I just fall into my same habits a lot when I'm drafting on my own. And so just navigating drafts through slightly different canals uh so to speak is just i i like getting that variety because it just goes to show um you can build logical teams basically no matter who you're taking early you just have to uh, continue to build on what you've already done yeah and it, it was a gamble going with kamara instead of wide receiver wide receiver there it, it the draft broke nicely for us where we were still able to get that juju kittle turn when we sacrificed either a second wide receiver or pitts at the two, three turn in order to go Kamara with the hyper fragile. Like there are ways where that goes bad. It doesn't always work out that way, but sometimes you got to, you know, take the value and just hope it, you know, the draft goes your way. Oh no. Oh no. Kid, did you know that we drafted two tight ends that have a week nine buy? Should I just call underdog and tell him to void this I entire just, draft? That's collusion. We clearly were <laughs> clearly tanked for the rest of the league. Can you imagine a world where underdog throws out double bye weeks at the onesies? <laughs> I wonder what the median expectation is for your second tight end on your first tight ends bye week. It, it has to be what, like four to five points? Yeah, and half PPR. If I even? Mean, yeah. I, I was going to say four to five, like the exact range you said. And that is maybe high. Yeah, maybe that's right. But let's look at it. If I need that four points to advance, I don't just throw the team out. I don't want that fucking cherry. The, the team sucks if I need those four points to advance, Michael. <laughs> I mean, I'll feel bad if we needed those four points, but uh, exactly. Um, 
the the chat is is pushing for uh another draft i i don't think i have it in me unless leone you want to push me to doing another one right now and then i won't say no oh uh no i'm with you man we got we got vegas coming up this week we, we got a, a sushi samba dinner between me you gretch and Karain. so we we got to get our beauty suit. we gotta be ready yeah, tomorrow I have Splash Play at 10. I have Sirius from 11 to 1. I have Randomizer Draft at 8. I have Club Top Shot at 9. So I, I need to need to chill a little bit, recharge the batteries for, <laughs> He's got, for tomorrow. You got to do five hours of work tomorrow, spread out over the whole day, just being on camera with his friends. So it's, it's rough. It's, it's really rough. While my dad, who's out here visiting, is you know helping me fix my sprinkler oh, system, fixing my busted uh, dishwasher I just inherited. So I, I'm just living the dream, you know, dicking around on the internet while my dad gets his his hand in the dirt. I've been in that spot where I've like recording. I'm in my office doing you know fantasy football stuff, like half work, half personal, and then I go outside and like my parents are gardening with Rachel, and I'm like, oh, yeah, hey. It is. It's a very emasculating thing. Uh, like when Lauren sent me a text that said, uh, "Dan the man just fixed the dishwasher." I was like, "All right, I guess uh, if, if that's what we're doing here." Um, I'm past I'll... being emasculated <laughs> at this point. <laughs> just... yeah. uh, Casey says, "Give us the Vegas details." We're going out to uh, draft fantasy teams this past year or last year on stream with Leone, Gretch, and Karain. We drafted an NFFC team in the 5k that we just built the juggernaut of all juggernauts swept all of it and so we have graduated to the 10k that we're going to draft live on friday at the bellagio i believe um leone are you doing any other drafts did you get in an auction draft i'm in yeah i'm in i've got three drafts all together our draft and two other ones i'm in an auction i'm really looking forward to that although uh, i thought Gretch was gonna be going to the draft with me but you guys have a draft at that time so i'm manning it solo i'm a little we're worried going solo, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Also, no. in one of our other drafts, Adam decided to side bet someone publicly prior <laughs> to the draft, even though I'm the one that's going to be there and I'm going to be walking. Did he take you up room. on that? I think the side bet went through. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that is the rich part of Adam having zero interest in grinding waivers, which is going to be a huge part of that league. <laughs> you now you have to do it. I'm walking into this room with a bullseye. On me. <laughs> Oh my God. That is, that is hilarious. Uh, so yeah, we will. Uh, and also what do you, what do you have on tap? Um, I'm going to have a video and an announcement out on some of my DFS content programming. I know you guys have been gearing up over at ETR. Are we going to get, I mean, you're coming back Saturday. What are we doing with establish the million? Establish a million live from, from Vegas prior oh, to it? establish okay. the show. We're, we're teeing off. We're setting up establish the show this week. So I'll be doing that from my hotel room in Vegas prior to the ship chasing 10 K draft that we have together that night. Cause I think that is at seven Pacific time and our show is going to be seven Eastern time for Pacific time, I think is how we're doing it. Um, but I need to double check the details, but Friday evening will be established in Millie. And I guess, I guess we can, we haven't said anything formally. Why, why, why don't we, are we good to kind of announce what we're thinking this year for? Yes. Space? Yes, yes, we are. So some of you guys might've remembered uh, we did it on an episode of club top shot. We use this site called get playback, which allows you to stream and have hosts basically overlaid on something everyone signs in with their cable pro provider for. So anything that's streaming on TV, you sign in and we are going to be doing tilt space on that this year. We'll have a tilt space room that'll be able to share with you guys. And even if you don't have a cable provider, you can still get our audio and get us talking. But the benefit is going to be instead of the chat spoiling it, Leone's on a Roku, I'm on direct TV, yada, yada. We're all going to be synced up watching the exact same feed in real time, which is going to be a ton of fun this year. So yes, Tilt Space is coming back. We're going to have all of our friends joining us when they have sweats. It's going to be a grand old time. And this year, Leonie, we're going to actually be able to sweat the games. It's it's basically in the the name itself. We're going to get to be able to do that properly. It's it's going to be, it's going to make a tangible difference. It's going to be so much better not having stuff ruined by the chat. I mean, we very rarely got to experience stuff like super organically live other than uh, that CD lamb touchdown we got though. I'm, I, I remember not knowing exactly what happened for that. That was nuts. Uh, I don't know if you've looked at the week one slate yet, but it's a late swap slate already. So 
I did look at it because, uh, you know, I was checking out. We got some Green Bay wide receivers. We got the uh, the Giants playing late. And I was like, all right, all right. This is what this is what we got going on here. Casey, I am, Arizona, I mean. Just so if, if anyone really wants to get their bearings on Get Playback, we have already created the, the tilt space room. There's no bells and whistles, but I did drop that link in the chat. Um, literally, all you have to do is make an account, and then you just sign in with whatever cable provider you've used to uh get red zone and uh and then you'll be good good to go on that regard someone asked is there going to be uh uh on demand that's a good question i know we're going to have access to the footage for for clips and stuff i don't know how the on demand thing works i should go check the cts one uh i will ask about that i will ask about that but i think it's going to be a, a good move for the for the show overall yeah it's going to be I think a little bit looser atmosphere, not that we weren't loose previously, but it's it's going to be more about sweating the teams, I think, than versus maybe a little bit less strategy. We'll certainly talk through it when it's pertinent, but I don't know. I'm just really looking forward to it. There are so many good experiences over the last two years with our sweats. We got to figure out what we're doing as far as our bankroll and stuff, but man, I'll never yeah. forget that that Dallas New England overtime week. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna uh, huddle and, and figure out some of our contest stuff. Just to answer a few questions here, CB says any promo code. There's no charge to this. It's uh, you just sign up for a free account and basically think it's like Streamyard where we're streaming here, except you're logging in with your cable provider in the same way if you were logging into ESPN to stream Monday Night Football on your desktop, and you have to log yeah. in with your cable provider. So like when Pete had the draft board up, that will be the red zone. And we will be in boxes. Yeah. Yeah. This was a screenshot of when we did it oh, nice. on Club Top Shot. So you see we had the ABC feed here with the finals and then us three down here, uh, a chat going, someone saying Draymond is ass. <laughs> it's it's all it's all perfect. <laughs> so that that is what it will look like. And uh yeah, we'll have more details on that, but it should be should be fairly self-explanatory. And like I said, if you don't want to spring for a red zone, like we, we don't, we don't care. You'll still be able to get our audio. You'll, it, you just won't see the game on, on our screen. So yeah, no they'll still see power. us, right? They just won't see the. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You'll just have a, a blank feed and we will paint an evocative picture for you while streaming. So yeah, we'll, uh, we're going to figure out the exact timing and all that stuff. We're going to have a little more flexibility, I think, on that. So we'll keep you guys posted, but did want to let you know Tilt Space will be back. We're very excited for it. I will be posting a week one strategy video on Wednesday. I pre-recorded that with my guest. I'm going to be making an announcement about uh, on Wednesday, so looking forward to that. And I'll have a couple other DFS-related announcements. But genuine thanks to everyone this summer. I love doing the Best Ball Breakfast streams, those Monday morning streams. I look forward to so much. The Monday morning streams are not going away. That'll just morph into my Monday GPP lineup reviews where I'm depressed and miserable as opposed to filled with hope and promise as I am when I draft best ball teams. But again, appreciate you guys. Shout out to Underdog. Incredible product. Make it so fun to draft all summer long. You guys make it so fun to draft. Even you, the Red Badge Brigade that create wide receiver avalanches that I have to dig myself out of constantly. For everyone who participated in the Underdog Cardio Club, you guys are awesome. Just a truly, truly wonderful summer here on Best Ball on the Pete channel. So for Leone, for me, for Underdog, for you guys, we will see you next time. Enjoy the final few days before the season starts. Mm -hmm.